You're listening to the Ghost Goal Podcast. Gerard with space. Out in towards Barosh. He's been tipped through it. The goalkeeper made contact. Luis Garcia was in front of the line. Gallas hooked it away. international break of the season has come to a close. As we say bye-bye to useless friendlies and the UEFA Nations League, and hello to Premier League football. I'm Alex, here with Javier. Javier, I'm not you totally useless. Come I on. mean, they were mostly useless, Javier. Don't, uh, don't fight it, just accept it. <laughs> yeah, mostly, but they, it brought us some fun games. It, there, was, there was a couple things here or there that, you know, it was cool to see some of the matchups that you got to see. Yeah, before we talk about the Premier League games this weekend, let's talk about the UEFA Nations League just really quick. There were some pretty interesting matchups, including like a a drawless France-Germany game to start us off. Yeah, that one could have been good, but it was... Then there was a 1-0 win win for Portugal against Italy on Friday, I believe. Saturday, we saw Spain beat England at Wembley, a a game I watched at like 2.45 in the afternoon. It was a pretty good game, like probably should have been more goals than there were. But England very got a little unlucky. Wele, he <laughs> should have gotten in that goal there. That was a goal. There yeah. was no contact. Danny Welbeck VAR. called for a foul in the like VAR 98th have, minute. Uh, and yeah. uh, Luke Shaw getting a gruesome concussion that looked way worse than it turned out uh, being. So hopefully he's uh, back and and playing again without uh, any sort of interruptions the, this weekend, if he's up to it, of course. So yeah, there were there were some good games to make sure. I think France again played in the Nations League and beat Holland at home on the Sunday 2-1. So uh, for anyone not like familiar with the Nations League format, uh, as simply as we can suggest it, there's all these groups of uh, three teams playing a, a, a round-robin, double round-robin league format away, home and away against the other two teams in their group. Uh, and it's sort of ranked by in terms of quality of all the teams. So this this top league I've mentioned the games from is, you know, the, the only games really worth mentioning. There are some other games in uh, League B, League C and below, but, you know, not many exciting ones to really talk about. But this uh, top league of games, uh, the winners of uh, all of these groups, you know, France, Belgium, looks uh, Spain, they look pretty well set to go through. Those winners will play each other in a, a, a semifinal. The winner of those two games will obviously uh, meet in a final for the first UEFA Nations League title. It's all very exciting, Javier. It's all very new and... yeah. Now we're, we're, the friendlies have like one tiny little bit of meaning. A little bit. Makes them, I guess, slightly more exciting. And, you know, maybe the players will put in a little bit more effort. Who knows? I mean, they treated it pretty seriously. There were yeah, a lot of did. teams they played full did. strength. Everyone put out their full lineup. I mean, there were some uh, there were some changes to like Croatia's lineup, for instance. They got beaten six nil by Spain uh, away yeah. in Spain. Yeah, there were some pretty significant changes from the lineup that went to the World Cup final. Like uh, Subasic didn't play, and a couple other players. Uh, so. 
Rebic, Six I think. nil. That's that's demoralizing it's after a uh, real demoralizing. So after a, yeah, World Cup final. I mean, they probably don't care, but you know, it's just still not a good look. So yeah, that was all very fun and uh, interesting for a minute during the international break. But we're back with our our sights set on uh, club football. But we're just going to mention real quick that uh, UEFA announced over the last couple of days that they will be introducing a third European club competition. Uh, a, a tier below the Champions League and then the Europa League. There's going to be a third club competition, a, uh, a similar format to the Champions and Europa League. It will be debuting starting in 2021. Uh, they have not announced any of the details as to how each of the leagues will earn qualification places to uh, to this league, or they are yet to announce what the, the winner of this league will get. We don't know if it's like a Europa League place or maybe even like a Champions League place. We're not sure. So uh, that's all going to be announced, I'm guessing. Uh, it's going to be filtered out very slowly over the next uh, few months. And uh, we'll find out what that that's uh, going to be about. Javier, yeah, are you super maybe excited the, uh, for this? <laughs> yeah, maybe like the, uh, you know, the, the eighth, ninth, and tenth place teams that can have their own competition. I don't know. It's just, I think it kind of sounds like a, a money grab. It's definitely a money grab. 100% another way a money to make grab. money. So let's move forward to the Premier League games coming up this weekend. We're starting off with a bang. Bright and early, Saturday morning, 7.30 in the morning, uh, Eastern Standard Time. Tottenham will host Liverpool. I believe the game's going to be at Wembley. I don't think their new stadium is ready, and I think that's being pushed off till... Next year. Next year or something like that. So you're going to see a little bit more of Tottenham at Wembley. Um, No, next season. Next season? They're saying that they're going to have to make Tottenham play at Wembley the rest of this year. Like, it's not going to be fair for them to different home grounds. Hmm. Interesting. They're saying, like, competitively... It's like an advantage. Know, this situation hasn't really come up before. It's really weird. They were only supposed to have like a, like two or three games in Wembley, and then it was supposed to be done. But now they're like it's probably gonna have to be for the rest of the season, which is a disaster. But anyway, yeah, this game. Ugh, it sucks. That you have to wake up at seven thirty to watch Tottenham. Well, that's supposedly the best viewing time for uh, not only the USA but the Asian markets. That's why they had El Clasico last year at seven thirty or eight o'clock in the morning. Uh, I think it was oh. around Christmas time. Even Spain uh, kowtowed and broke their traditions of having their games usually at night. So uh, we're, we're all changing, Javier. It's for, it's for the money. It's so that Arsenal can afford to spend thirty million pounds on Granit Xhaka. Okay. <laughs> we'll get to him later. We will get to him later. But let's talk about this actual game. Uh, the main question, Javier. I'm glad you raised it before we started recording. Is whether Hugo Lloris will be back uh, to start for Tottenham in this game because we saw Michel Vorm start against Watford and uh, it wasn't pretty. Um, no. He kicked the ball not. out of bounds <laughs> for a corner kick from a goal kick. He blamed the sun, said it was in his eyes, and uh, instead of passing it to the player who was right in front of him, uh, he passed it out of bounds through his own touchline. It it was phenomenal. It was really, really phenomenal. Just tried to um, one up Allison. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he came close. That was it was. I've never seen that before, and I don't know if I will ever see that again. So, uh, yeah, Michel Vorm does not inspire a whole lot of confidence. Uh, but regardless, I think Tottenham are going to be uh, strong at home at the very least. I, I actually think this is going to be a cagier game than you and uh, Andrew have picked. Andrew has picked Liverpool to win three two, which I think is a bit optimistic. 
Um, but I, I think Liverpool's defense and uh, Tottenham's defense will both hold a little bit tighter. It's going to be cagier just from the fact that it's a 7.30 a.m. game or 12.30 kickoff, noon kickoff in England, uh, the Saturday after an international break. These players are returning from their uh, right, international duties. They, they won't have much time to have trained together and sort of get like – not that they've been too knocked off the rhythm by the, the two weeks away or a week and a half away from, from the clubs. But at the same time, like it's not the same as like a full week of preparation before uh, most matches. So I'm anticipating a little bit of uh, a mischance syndrome going through this game. And I think it ends up just ending 1-1. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I have I have two two because um, I think Tottenham, they score goals at home. And I think but they're going to be leakier, especially if Loris isn't playing. Um, but I agree with you that I think it might be a draw. Uh, I think Liverpool are in really good form and, you know, they've won every game this season. But I think they've cooled off just a little bit from their start. And um, I think they might struggle a little bit. This Tottenham side, I mean, they didn't make any signings, but they've just, you know, they've started the season other than, than that loss last week. Um, you know, they've looked really good. But that, that, that loss, I mean, that's a pretty big blimp. Uh, to that Watford side, and we none of us saw that coming. So. Well, I mean, we, they did it through, uh, or Watford did it through a, a low defensive block, which is you you don't anticipate seeing that from Liverpool in this game. You you would anticipate it being like a kind of open game, but open game, yeah. The, I, I think but Liverpool were, are a very different team from the team that lost like what was it like four one at Tottenham last year when uh, Harry right. Kane went ballistic. I think Salah got an equalizer, but then. Liverpool made so many defensive mistakes from the likes of Karius and uh, I think Matip and Lovren and Chan were all at fault for some goals. Liverpool have mostly eliminated that, though. Is what, that's the main point I'm trying to make, is that Liverpool have eliminated that uh, the, most of those mistakes. So I think Tottenham's like really clear-cut chances are going to be eliminated, too. The other big question about this game is Nabi Keita. Is he going to start? Because he didn't start in the last game, and I think they definitely missed him in the midfield. It, it's 50-50. We don't, we don't really know. He gives him a different know. dimension. But I wonder if in these big games, if he's going to do go with you know Milner, Wijnaldum, uh, Henderson, or if he's going to... You know, which was which was his tried and true midfield last year in in big games. Right, so, so we'll see. The the, uh, the the two schools of thought are: will he go with what he knows, or will he go with what this season has probably proven to be better, which is Nabi Keita alongside uh, Milner and Wijnaldum. There's just more mobility and work rate from every every player in that midfield than there is with Jordan Henderson in there. They're going to need that against Tottenham's midfield, I think. That's that's an advantage I think Liverpool wants. Yeah, and I think more so than Tottenham's midfield, it's, it's their wingbacks. I mean, they, um, especially Trippier, I mean, that guy's on fire right now. And you don't think really Robertson need... can take him? Nah, I, I think you're... They're pretty similar Robertson. players. Yeah, I think, but I think they're both, you know, really good attacking. Um, but I don't know. Uh, I guess Rob Robertson is in a, a good enough of a player that he's, he literally... Uh, Scotland attacks just down his wing uh, and like gives him the ball and makes him the main pl- pl- playmaker. Who would have thought four years ago that Burnley and Hull City's right and left backs right. four years later <laughs> would both have played in a Champions League final and a, uh, a World Cup semifinal? <laughs> it's just kind of surreal. If you had told me four years ago that Andy Robertson and Kieran Trippier would have like made th- these big of career strides, I would have been like, really? Are you sure about that? But fair yeah. play to them. They've done they've done very very they've well. They've done a great job. Yeah, they're both now you know some of the most expensive defenders in fantasy. So yeah, good on them. So Andrew again has Liverpool winning three two. I have one one, uh, and Javier has two two. 
Let's move on to the first of the 10 a.m. games. Uh, Bournemouth will host Leicester City Saturday at 10 a.m. Andrews picked Leicester City to go away to Bournemouth and win 3-1. I have my tried and true 2-2 for Bournemouth, where I think that's that's uh, they'll take a point against a team as good as Leicester, a mid-table team. Uh, they'll take that all day. I think I think they'll get a draw here too, but I don't think it'll be as many goals. I have 1-1. But look for Harry Maguire, maybe. Um, if Leicester win this, it'll be, you know, maybe through a clean sheet and they get it like a 1-0 win. The guy just signed a new five-year contract. We do should mention that. Shout um, out to Harry Maguire. Which which is awesome that, you know, I think I think it's good for Leicester and good for him. So, you know, I think he could be their next captain. Old Slabhead. It's a great, great nickname. Uh, that, that one's really going to stick. I like it. Let's move on to Chelsea. Hosting Cardiff City Saturday at 10 a.m. Andrew has picked 2-0 Chelsea. I uh, I went a little less conservative and went 4-0 Chelsea. On Javier, you, you pussied out of the uh, the 3-1. You took 3-0 three, three Chelsea. I, I'm glad that Chelsea have reached this point, like a similar point to Manchester City last season, where everyone on the panel kind of agrees, like, oh, we're scoring a lot of goals and we're not going to concede. I'm glad we're here. Chelsea, you're back, Javier. What do you say to that? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. It I'm, try- is I'm trying to sickening. I'm trying to work you up to the point where you're going to like argue against Chelsea and and uh, talk us no, down not, a little. Not in this you're game. The you, fan. Guys are, you guys are going to win this game. It does look like in Sarri's system, Eden Hazard is going to be a crazy threat that is going to be really hard for a lot of teams to deal with, especially the first time they play you, maybe the second time. You know, in the second half of the year, teams might do better against you, especially because you have a lot of away fixtures in the second half of the season. So I think you guys are going to do well in the first half of the year and you might overachieve a little bit and then struggle in the second half. But when a new manager and their system is working, it usually takes the rest of the league a little bit of time to adapt. And I think that's why, especially a team that just came up, I think for them to place, you know, a team that's going to have 80% possession against them, they're going to have a lot of trouble. So. Yeah, I think Cardiff. Uh, I have three nil Chelsea, and yeah, you guys are you guys are, you know, starting to get to that point where I, you know, at least in the immediate form, you guys look you know pretty unstoppable. So okay, you won't do it. So I'll do the ice bucket challenge myself and pour cold water all over myself. We we were just discussing before uh, before we recorded that there's a, there's a very slight chance that Cardiff get at least like a goal out of this and are dangerous because like you saw against Arsenal a few weeks ago they 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 are capable of being direct it's just whether the defenders are willing and sharp enough to really cut those opportunities out nip them in the bud early on before they can really become dangerous uh, crossing opportunities from out wide I think that that was specifically because of the strategy they employed against us. I think they got so many opportunities because we kept trying to play out of the back and they just kept pressing check and kept kept check kept making mistake after mistake after mistake, giving the ball away, passing it up to the side, it goes out for a throw in, they get a chance off the throw in, I'm goes just out saying for a corner. Keepa hasn't I, I don't think they'll be able to do that. Maybe either. not. Yeah, maybe Kep, maybe uh Kepa, Kepa can There were some very shaky moments for him early in the Huddersfield game, the first game yeah. of the season. So where there definitely could be a goal there for Cardiff. His, his distribution right. is not flawless. He's no Ederson, he's no Allison, he's not He's not pinging balls 30 you know what, yards. Alex? Alex, you talked me into it. 3-1. Yeah, good. I want you to be wrong. So, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll talk us up a little bit. I'll just say uh, my main comment about Cardiff defensively is that they look like they're running in sand or mud or something. Compared to these these the really quick and quality forwards in the Premier League, they just don't have the 
the speed of thought or the like anticipation to really keep up with them. And Eden Hazard, as you mentioned, is going to tear them to shreds. It's going to be beautiful. I might captain him in fantasy. I'm, I'm very hyped for it. Uh, 4-0, I have. Andrew has 2-0. And Javier switched again back to 3-1. <laughs> Javier <laughs> flipped uh, <laughs> let's move on saturday 10 a.m huddersfield host crystal palace andrew has uh nil nil not much uh hope or belief from andrew there i have uh two one crystal palace javier what do you have uh yeah i think palace are in bad form and huddersfield are decent at home so I'm, i think i'm gonna do one one here palace were missing palace like you, palace were missing zaha before the international break and he's back now he's he doesn't fine. i don't think he's back is that true i yeah, I I, th- I, th- I saw something that he was out for four weeks, like All right, a, let me, a week let me, and a half ago. Give me a second to check on that. So I'm not sure about that. Okay, fine. If there isn't like a absolute like certainty that uh, Zaha is starting, then uh, I'll go. I'll go one one. I like that scoreline. Oh, wow. I like that scoreline. Uh, I'm okay, I'm okay with one one. Let's move on. 10 a.m. Also, Manchester City will host Fulham. Andrew has four uh, nil Manchester City. I have three one Man City. And Javier has a four-two. Well, you have a lot of belief in uh, a lot of belief in Fulham there to rack up some goals at the Etihad. Yeah, I mean they were my pick for surprise team of the season, and uh, but didn't you, you agree know, with think... me that you thought they were going to be terrible against like the top teams? Like, didn't we all kind of agree like Fulham will be good, just not against the really yeah? Quality I just teams? think that they're uh, they're starting to mesh a little bit quicker than I thought, um, and it looks like players like Sari and Schuler are finding their niche in the league. And I think that they, you know, Mitrovic as well. I think I think they can get a goal or two. I think maybe two goals against the champions is going to be difficult. Yeah. But, um, How many teams managed that last season? I think United and no one else. Yeah, who else? Only uh, one Liverpool, team. Liverpool, obviously. No, they got beaten 5-0. Oh, you're talking about the Champions League. Sorry. <laughs> I completely Just missed Just against the cha- them, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Against the... Well, I'm talking about at the Etihad. Uh, City don't concede that many goals at the Etihad. They concede, like, the odd one here and there. But, you know, you you have to be uh, able to keep them from scoring three or four in that in that case. Are you flipping again? Me, Alex. Are you four flipping one. again? 4-1. <laughs> okay. I mean, that's fair, too. That's probably more realistic. I'll, uh, I'll give you that. Let's move on to the final 10 a.m. game. Newcastle hosting Arsenal. I'm a little shocked that this isn't on NBC. I'm very like I think right now it's the Man City game and the Chelsea game are going to be shown. I thought that they would show. This is probably a closer game than Chelsea versus Cardiff. You would have thought that they would show. Right. Do you not? That uh, game's going to be a. Blur. Sorry, I, I'm not. I'm not I trying to troll you when I say. That. I'm not. I'm not trying to troll you when I say this. I just. I think it's. It's Arsenal going away to a Newcastle team that haven't started the season well. Newcastle's a pretty well. big team, yeah. They, they haven't have started the season the well, though. I think they have like just one point or something. So they're right. uh, they're very desperate to start uh, racking up the wins, especially at home. So they beat Arsenal last season. Uh, they did also manage to beat Chelsea last season. And they managed to beat Man United at home last season. So I, I would say that Rafa Benitez and these players are probably pretty confident in their ability to beat a team of Arsenal's stature, or at least get points from it. So uh, Andrew and I both have 1-1, one, one, I believe. Do we- no, Andrew, Andrew has 2-2. Two, 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 two. See, that's, that's, one, one. that's bold. I, I don't know about 2-2, two, two, Andrew. <laughs> There's no way Newcastle like, score on us twice. Yeah, like I think I they're think. scoring I think they're scoring once. Like Arsenal make enough mistakes. I think they're going to score once. I have I have 3-1 Arsenal. I'm a, I'm quite a bit more confident in Arsenal right now. 
I know that we have looked shaky, obviously, to the start of the season, but we won both games that we needed to win, and I think these next four or five games are a great opportunity for us to go on a winning run, and I don't think the team's going to pass that opportunity up. I think we have a different mentality and a different work rate under Emery that these smaller teams... uh, you know, quote unquote, smaller teams, even though, you know, teams like West Ham can drop a hundred million and be 20th with zero points. But, (laughs) um, these, these lower table teams, Arsenal, most of the time can handle them pretty well, especially Newcastle. They did get one on us last year, but last year I think was the worst Arsenal have been in, you know, over 20 years. So Javier, I think you said if it wasn't last week, it was the week before you did say that it's just Arsenal's away form isn't that great right now. Like, no, but you, I, do but you I, understand why Andrew and I are both hesitant to like predict you guys will go away to like a difficult place like Newcastle and like you'll definitely win? Yeah, no, I do, and I. But I think that this is a, just a completely different team. I think there's a couple things that need to happen for this to 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 ha- you know to go right. I think that Torreira and Guendouzi need to start. Um, I am not a fan of Xhaka. And Guendouzi. What about Xhaka that and Torreira? Torreira, Xhaka. Yeah, I haven't seen that. So I, I'd be open to see that in the Newcastle game if he wants to play that. But Torreira has to start. I don't understand how he's not starting. The guy's absolutely brilliant on offense and on defense. He he picks out um, interceptions like N'Golo. He presses. Mo, oh, easy he's, there. Easy, 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 easy. No, he is. He's fantastic on interceptions. I, I, the guy, it, the guy has a brilliant vision too. Like he can pass. He he, he plays through balls and he, he's no, amazing I, I on transition. I, I, let me let me put it the way he's not as good at it as Ingolo is, but he can do it like Ingolo. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I just wanted you to clarify. I, love I don't Ingolo, want any sort Alex, of uh, talking down about I our Lord and yeah, Savior. Yeah. Of course. I won't make Ingolo any Kante. absurd comparisons like that yet. But I'm uh, saying he can do it. But yeah, no, I mean, and I think that Lacazette and, and uh, Bamiang need to start again together. I really enjoyed that. Ozil what about Mkhitaryan instead of Ozil? Listen, yeah, Ozil was absolutely useless uh, in the Cardiff game, which that's usually where Ozil is his bread and butter, right? He plays against some crap team, gets two goals and an assist, and everyone goes, wow, Messi and Because they give him a bunch right. of time on the ball. Yeah. But but he, he couldn't even do that against Cardiff. I think the guy's washed out. Um I think that that whole Germany thing, and I think that's affected him mentally. He's I, I don't know I don't know if he's ever going to come back to be the same player in his career. But I w- I would like to see Mkhitaryan start um, over him. I'm giving him one more one more week in my fantasy team. If he doesn't start again this week, I'm going to have to drop him. But yeah, I think I think if Mkhitaryan starts, maybe even if Ozil starts, and if he's more effective than he was last week. Especially, he was awful in the first half. In the second half, he played a lot better. But if he's if he's anywhere, you know, any anything better than what he was last week, I think both Lacazette and Aubameyang are going to score in this game. And I don't I don't see a way Newcastle stop that. I think like similar to what I was saying with with Sarri's team and system and like how teams are going to have difficulty uh, dealing with it. I think teams are going to have a lot of trouble with Aubameyang and Lacazette and like a two striker system uh, if Emery develops it well. So. I you've, think you've I look got forward to, see, to that this game. You've got to it's see Aubameyang get into more central positions. He looked a bit lost playing too much out on the wing in the last game against Cardiff. Just for yeah, me. Yeah, but I think I think just whoever I think both of both of them this this was their first game that they got to play together, you know, from the start. And I think that that's only going to get better. 
their chemistry and their space and the way that they you know create chances and everything. Um, and we're talking about Lacazette. Uh, I, and I see Ob- so much Aubameyang, potential. I see so much potential with those two on the field. I just think we need to short out our midfield and defensive problems. And it's it's happening slowly. I, I can see it happening. It's it's a process, but I think we have more defensive organization and a lot more energy and pressing than we did under Wenger. We're actually number one uh, for kilometers ran and in the league. So yeah, three one. I think we're gonna do it. At least agree with me that you think. You understand why Andrew and I are hesitant to be as confident as you are. Oh, absolutely! But I'm an I'm an Arsenal fan, and I. It's have your to, job to be to, keep, to be this it's way. It's my job to be optimistic. Exactly. Just like it's my You're job gonna... to predict four nil Chelsea. Yeah, let's move on to Saturday at twelve thirty p.m. Watford will host Manchester United. Watford are, of course, soaring at the top of the league, near the top of the league, at least. Third place, yeah. They're, they're one, of the, one of only three teams to win each of their first four games. What is it? It's also us and Liverpool. Yep. So uh, above Manchester City in the league currently, yeah, man, you know Manchester Manchester City had that one blip against uh, Wolves, but I don't think anyone's uh, worrying too much about them. The uh, the team that's really in trouble here and really needs a win is Manchester United. And Javier, you and I seem to be in agreement that we think Manchester United are just going to go in similarly to the Burnley away game and just sort right. of. Get, take get, care of business. Take care of business. That's uh, that's the phrase I was looking for. Lukaku is, yeah. of course, on like great form. He's continued his goal scoring form the man's in the on international fire. break. Alexis, I was was he playing at all for Chile during the international break? No, uh, I wasn't really following that. But uh, look, I, I think this team they're they got they're gonna they're gonna get a little fire. They're gonna catch fire at some point this season. And Jose Mourinho. I have enough faith in him still. I don't buy this whole narrative that that the media has been trying to spin of him that he's washed up, he's completely done. The players, the guy's uh, still winning trophies. He lost the dressing room. The players don't like him anymore. I I don't believe that. I I honestly think that, especially with his players. I mean, he's shown in the past that he he gets a lot of players to love him and to follow him to different clubs that he goes to, and people will speak really well of him. And he's the type of manager that if he's on your team, you love him. And if he's off your team, you hate him. Um, and I think that the United fans that are backing him and that can only help him uh, and the team's effort. I think it's going to show on the pitch. I think that they're, they they improved a lot in the last game in Burnley. And I think they're going to maybe continue that work here. Um, this is going to be a super hard fixture for them. I don't I don't expect it to be easy, but I do expect them to win. So I have, I have 2-1 United. Um, like you said, Lukaku's just beasting it up right now. He has something like uh, 18 goals in his last 17 games for Belgium. And then, you know, for United, he's also been doing pretty well. He's, he's the only guy who seems to be scoring for them right now. So These are the kind of games and the kind of matchups that I think Mourinho teams usually do pretty well in. Uh, matchups against not terrible opposition, upper middle tier opposition away so that uh, their opponents are more likely to try and get on the ball a bit more, open themselves up, try and score and entertain their fans. Mourinho loves that. Mourinho is just like, good, this team isn't going to try and park the bus against us because that's obviously what I want to do to them. And I I think the main questions about about Manchester United right now are exactly that. Can they create consistently from positions of strength uh, in possession? against teams that are tightly compact. And Watford are, of course, capable of that. They did do it to Tottenham. But uh, Tottenham are a team that's looking to have a little bit more control of the ball themselves, which United will not look uh, will not be like absolutely hell-bent on getting the ball. They'll be willing to sit back a little bit and try and initiate their own counterattacks. And as you mentioned, Lukaku's in great form. That's what he th- thrives off most is any sort of counterattack. 
They also have players like uh, Jesse Lingard, who seems to have nailed on his spot in United's lineup, I feel like. I feel like he's he's pretty entrenched in there, uh, yeah, especially Mourinho with Rashford's uh, red card. I think he just does everything Mourinho you know, says, so Mourinho keeps playing him. Yeah, he's also very good on the counterattack. Alexis, we don't really need to mention, but uh, he'll, of course, play. Uh, yeah, I have 3-1 Manchester United. Andrew has 1-1, which I think is fair, too. Watford are... On great form, yeah. yeah I it's think Watford possible. would actually be very happy with a, a draw. Winning a draw against Tottenham and Man United at home, that's... I'm sure Javi Gracia would be absolutely delighted with that. Right. So It might even be like a 2-0 United win. I, I mean, I have 2-1, but... You know, the more the more we're talking about it, the more I'm thinking United might just you know even even stop Watford from scoring. See now you're disrespecting uh, Watford. You're disrespecting Javier, a little bit, and I a won't allow bit. that. Troy Deeney is. Uh, I just a think great that this international break might might um, break up their momentum a little bit. You know, I just think that they it has happened they before. Were, they were flying high, and maybe you know the players are going to have one or two pies over this international break, <laughs> and maybe not take it as. You know, they're going to be like, oh, we're 4-0. We did well. Like, let's chill a little bit. And then it happens. They're humans. The players are humans, especially at Watford. They might, they might, you know, none of those players are really going on international. A lot of them weren't. So Right. My favorite comparison that I made a few weeks ago from for uh, Watford was last season, uh, West Brom started with three wins in their first three games. And uh, we all know how that ended. I'm not saying that's definitely going to happen to Watford, but, you know, it's not unheard of that uh, a team with talent like West Brom last season and Watford this season starts well against, against like a pretty favorable schedule and uh, then kind of drops off a little bit as the schedule gets tougher. So we'll see how they fare. Uh, Sunday, 8.30 in the morning, Wolves will host Burnley. Andrew has 2-1 Wolves. Uh, I think that would be that would be, no, that'd be their second win of the season. They beat West Ham at, uh, last season. Yeah, they last, got their first win last, 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 last uh, fixture, yeah. So uh, this that would be their first home win, which I'm sure they're very uh, eager to get. I have Burnley bouncing back from their bad start to the season and winning 2-1. Uh, and Javier, I see you agree with Andrew. Uh, yeah, I have 2-1 Wolves, I think... Yeah, they've been really good at home. They got, I think they've been a great addition to the Premier League. They're a fun team to watch. They love attacking. And I think that Burnley's defensively are not anything like they're a shadow of what they were last year. You know, the Portuguese national team didn't have too far to go this international break. So, you know, none of their players should be that tired. Right. (laughs) You know, Rui Patricio (laughs) and Neves, none of those guys will be that tired. They'll all be, they'll be fine and ready to go. Uh, see, I, I have two on Wolves, but it, it, I, it's possible Burnley get a result. I can't see them getting a win. I could see them getting a draw, um, like a 1-1 draw, because, you know, Sean Dyche, I think, is still a good manager, um, and he, he, he will have been whipping these players um, into shape. But a lot of these guys, I mean, they were there on, you know, Ireland and Scotland and Wales and all that, and, you know, they, they were all playing games, so I don't know how uh, how tired or not some of these Burnley players are going to be. It's, it's, I think, I think largely that that team, they've just had a two week break. There's a few of them, but I don't think, okay. And okay. I think a lot of players were out with quote injuries. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. fake injuries. Like I don't want to, I don't right want to play in these games. Yep. Um, I have, so Burn- yeah. I have Burnley winning. I just think now that they, they don't have the distraction. I'll just say it of uh, Europa league qualification or Europa league play. I think they're going to come back and get right back to business. I think yeah, I, you've kind of swayed me that 1-1 might be 
the better positive result for Burnley because that yeah, is probably a big ask. Of that's him. probably you know a what? better I'm, result. I'm going to be Alex flip God and flip to one one. I'm, I'm going to do it. Right. I flipped a few results too. You, you, you talked, talked me into it, Javier. This so is a work okay. in progress. We're a work in progress yeah. in this pod. Uh, but yeah, let's move on to Sunday. 11 a.m. Everton will host West Ham. Andrew has 2-2, so he uh, definitely thinks you should watch this one. Uh, I have 2-1 Everton. And Javier, what do you have? I have 2-2 as well. Both teams have been struggling defensively this year. But uh, West Ham, if they're going to ever win a game, it's going to be a shootout. I don't think they're ever going to win by shutting someone out. So I have them getting a couple of goals here. Everton getting a couple of goals and either one could win. Honestly, uh, Everton is probably more likely because they're at home, but West Ham are going to be so desperate for, to get a result here. They, they want at least a point out of this game or if they get a fifth loss in a row, you know, there's then people the whispers, are going to be the whispers, start. the whispers. Yeah, absolutely. Pellegrini is definitely going to be under pressure. Pellegrini out. Those right. whispers, they always start at some point. Finally, Southampton will host Brighton Monday, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time in the U.S. In a South Coast derby of sorts. Uh, They're not really that close to each other on the South Coast. But, you know, if you're on the South Coast, you're a South Coast club. And that's basically a derby at this point. So uh, Andrew is pretty confident in Brighton. I uh, I like his uh, confidence. He has 2-0 and a way win for Brighton. I have 1-1. I just think Bournemouth are the 2-2 Kings this year. And Southampton are the 1-1 Kings. Southampton are going to have so many 1-1 games. I think Southampton are better than we thought this year. I think that getting Danny Ings is is I still kind of giving them an outlet. I still haven't decided um, who's going to drop into the relegation places for me. That last uh, place. Instead yeah. of them. Because I had them before the season. And I kind of agree right. with you. They're definitely they're better than they were last year. Definitely. They're more defensively solid. And it seems like, I mean, they were a big club. For them to be near the relegation is... Um, it's kind of a shame and they shouldn't be there. So I think they're a team that deserves to be in the Premier League. I have one, one. Um, I think that they, they hold up at home. Brighton are a good team in good form. So maybe another Glenn Murray penalty somehow. Uh, <laughs> guy seems to get one of those every week. Everything he touches turns to gold. Yeah. Glenn Murray. We should have still, him in still fantasy. Still killing it at We should have him in fantasy. Why do Absolutely. we not have him? Him and Mitrovic. Like three or four goals. We're terrible at this out of here. All right. I don't know. I'm first. I'm not terrible. Are you first right now? I'm first in the league. Good for you. Representing us well. I I haven't really mentioned that. I think uh, I'm up to like 16th or 15th or something. I don't know. My my fantasy pickup of the week is is Romelu Lukaku. Uh, Oh, wow. Look at you. Wow. I mean, hey. What a impressive pickup. Again, I'm in first, Alex. I've never heard of him. You're somewhere near the bottom of the table. I've never heard of him. Wow. Please tell me more, I mean, Javier. It doesn't Sage have to advice. be someone they haven't heard of, Alex. It can be someone that they can pick up right now and get points from. Oh, okay. So you think Romelu Lukaku? <laughs> I'm sorry. It just it just seems like yes. I think right now is a good time to pick him up. I think it huh? seems too on the nose for me. Like I would. Okay, whatever. I, I'm not saying you're wrong because I mean, I'm probably going to pick him Kane, up. Most people have Aguero. <laughs> yeah, you know that's true. They don't have uh, Lukaku. Maybe it's time to switch over. Let's wrap this up. We've held these people long enough. I hope you guys enjoy the games this weekend. I'm pretty excited. I was uh, I wasn't really aware of many of the games before come uh, before we uh, sat down to record this. And as I uh, looked at all the matchups, I got more and more excited as we read them off. So uh, enjoy the games this weekend, Javier. Thanks for being with us. It was fun as always, man. We'll do it again next week. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram at Ghost Goal Pod, at ASMoss92, at Andrew Pissarro. Uh, at Javi Arev nine, yes, on uh, Instagram, yeah, yeah, on Instagram, yeah, yeah, there well, it is, Alex. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I picked these up pretty quickly. Make sure you go and follow us all on those social media outlets. 
Go obviously subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. That helps boost the pod and uh, helps people, uh, new viewers, find us. So until next time, see you.